Welcome to School of Zion ID. I'm Jason. Today's episode is titled, How Fast is Starlink? The article will shock you. This title comes actually from an article written by The Motley Fool. I'll quote um, a few passages from this article because it showcases the fact that widespread internet, high-speed internet, blanketing planet Earth is a new innovation, and it's one of the biggest innovations um, that the Earth has ever experienced because it's going to enable things like cryptocurrency, the Internet of Things, transhumanism, etc. From the article, let's see who it was written by, a guy named Rich Smith. He said, 10 months ago, not even a full year, a revolution hit the high-speed Internet industry. Elon Musk announced that beta testing of the SpaceX Starlink high-speed satellite broadband service had begun. For a low price of just $499 up front and $99 a month, you could cut the cord with cable once and for all and get all of your high-speed internet needs satisfied with broadband internet from space. Um, Earlier this week, speedtest.net reported that median internet download speeds on Starlink have increased by nearly 50% in the United States, from 65 megabytes per second in the first quarter to 97 megabytes per second in the second quarter. Um, Late last month, a new community-based status site for the Starlink satellite internet service dubbed Starlinkstatus.space began collating data provided by a handful of Starlink users around the globe. According to this data, the average speed of Starlink service in the United States is actually 114 megabytes per second, um, which is even a slower speed than the average speeds for Starlink connections both in Europe, which is 161 megabytes per second, and around the world, 134 megabytes per second. Um, Let's see if there's anything else we want to read about this. Um, So basically, you have an internet signal that is traveling hundreds of miles into space and back, and Elon Musk is turning this system on. Starlink speeds are increasing up 48% over just the last three months alone, despite SpaceX only having put a fraction of its planned 12,000 satellites into orbit. On Elon Musk's Twitter feed, um, he left some very cryptic, unusual, strange messages. I don't know exactly what they mean, but I think it's worth Um, noting here on the podcast just because we've been talking so much about 5g and the electrification of the ionosphere and how it seems to be more than just a coincidence that covid arrived on the scene when 5g began in wuhan china on the ground back in november of 2019 and now we're having increased variants and you know, new waves, new spread of coronavirus, even as the speeds of this global network of 5G internet, even as those speeds ramp up. 
Um, you know, it would have been one thing for Elon Musk just to say, hey, you know, Starlink is now available. Go ahead and sign up. But he didn't do that. He took it uh, a lot deeper than that. So, so it was yesterday, you know, he did a tweet and it said 100,000 terminals are shipped. And he provided a link to go to the Starlink website and sign up for the service. Then he posted a tweet, you know, showing the flags of all the different nations that he's serving. And he said, our license applications are pending in many more countries, hoping to serve Earth soon. Then he posted a quote. And the quote uh, is very strange. Uh, Obviously, to him, it has a lot of meaning. He quoted, uh, I believe this comes from a, uh, a book called The Guns of August. It says, So gorgeous was the spectacle on the May morning of 1910 when nine kings rode in the funeral of Edward VII of England that the crowd waiting in hushed and black-clad awe could not keep back gasps of admiration. In scarlet and blue and green and purple, three by three, the sovereigns rode through the palace gates with plumed helmets, gold braid, crimson sashes, and jeweled orders flashing in the sun. After them came five heirs apparent, 40 more imperial or royal highnesses, seven queens, four dowager and three regnant, and a scattering of special ambassadors from uncrowned countries. Together, they represented 70 nations in the greatest assemblage of royalty and rank ever gathered in one place, and of its kind, the last. The muffled tongue of Big Ben told nine by the clock as the cortege left the palace, but on history's clock, it was sunset, and the sun of the old world was setting in a dying blaze of splendor, never to be seen again. Um, that last line is actually getting quite a bit of publicity in various articles as as people try, as people try to interpret Elon Musk's cryptic message to mean exactly that, that on history's clock, it was sunset and the sun of the old world was setting in a dying blaze of splendor, never to be seen again. His last tweet of the day yesterday was nine rings for mortal men, obviously a reference to Lord of the Rings and showing the concentrated power, um, you know, that, that those who um, in the new age are going to emerge as the winners um, of the Great Reset. You know, I don't know if there's exactly nine. I don't know who the exact, you know, who the winners are going to be. We've highlighted um, in this Zion ID podcast many political leaders. Uh, we've talked a lot about Bill Gates. We've talked a lot about Elon Musk. We've talked a lot about the plans for cryptocurrency and the Great Reset with the central banks. You know, who's to know exactly which individuals are going to rise up uh, to dominate this new era? But obviously, Elon Musk um, thinks that it's happening. And obviously, Elon Musk is of paramount importance and a principal 
um, you know, mover and driver of everything that's happening. So staying in tune with what he's saying um, is probably important as we, you know, as like the common people (laughs) try and keep up and try to maintain a solid footing in this, uh, this crazy world that we're living in. So go ahead and look up at the sky and think about the fact that there are thousands of satellites in the lower atmosphere beaming down lightning fast internet speeds all approved by the United United Nations ITU none of it being tested uh, no knowledge of how the electrification of the ionosphere is going to impact plant life animals humans all of us are electric we all run on electricity and it just common sense says that that uh when you make such a dramatic change to the electromagnetic field that it's bound to have impacts and uh, unintended consequences and wouldn't it be interesting to find out that the heating up of the earth had more to do with electrification than it did with any pollution. I'm not exactly sure of when all of those ideas, um, global warming, climate change, kind of came into existence by the World Economic Forum, but it wouldn't surprise me if those also were born in the late 1990s. At the same time, when the likes of Bill Gates and Elon Musk were working on high-speed 5G internet uh, spanning the globe. And it wouldn't surprise me if they all found out that, you know, um, if they did their own studies and their own experiments and they knew exactly what was about to happen and they needed a cover for it. So they started talking about global warming and climate change as another false agenda. Extreme weather is a hallmark prophecy of pre-second coming events. You can find it throughout the scriptures. But the scriptures don't give much light into how it's happening. Um, I guess the assumption has always been that it would be a plague originating from God. And if God were to do such a thing, obviously some sort of manipulation of the electromagnetic field would be involved you know, to cause oceans to heave themselves beyond their bounds, to cause earthquakes, to cause flooding. I mean, there would have to be some scientific, you know, shift to transition us away from a stable environment to a volatile environment. Well, one thing that I don't, I've never thought of, and probably most have never thought of is what if it doesn't necessarily originate from God? What if the plague originates from Babylon and from men um, doing things to manipulate the electromagnetic field. Um, Concerning desolating sickness, the scripture says that desolating sickness won't be stayed until Jesus comes again. And maybe the same thing, maybe there's a relationship uh, between desolating sickness and this extreme weather that is prophesied to occur.
So who knows what we're in for? Um, you know, the timing is difficult to gauge. But as we see an increased frequency of natural disasters, um, you know, it's something to definitely think about. There's a, there's a lot of questions uh, that deserve answers.